0: And I'm Carrie. And we are paranormal chicks. And your girl is recovering from a cold. What's the episode? Oh, 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 oh. 271!
1: (laughs) And I sound like I'm going through puberty, but this is way better than it was two days ago.
0: Yes, and she's not contagious anymore.
1: Yeah, so Donna can come over. But that means that this episode's going to be a little bit different because, well, one, I just got a voice and didn't know if it was coming back, and two, I didn't feel well. So it'll just be Donna's story this week.
0: I hope that's okay, y'all. But before we get into any of that, we have been forgetting to tell y'all the funniest thing and the meanest thing. Carrie has done to me in a long fucking time. It was after we recorded one night and we were just like talking off mic and she had said something and I gave her truth.
1: Yeah, no, I know what it was. I was saying something that somebody does that is really annoying to me. And, you know, we always say like you find what's most annoying in somebody else is like a reflection on yourself. Like what you find annoying about yourself, you see it in them. And so that's why it annoys you so bad. And she um, reminded me of that. And it made me mad because she was right.
0: (laughs) And damn it. She said, don't come at me with that logic. So we were finished. We turn off the light in the office because we turn on the light in the hallway. Remember, I'm very scared of her hallway. I walk out. I'm in the middle of the hallway. And what do you do, Carrie?
1: I turned those bitches off and I said, two could play that game.
0: I like squeaked. I was like, oh, like... Panic mode, just stop. <laughs> it was completely dark in her hallway. I was like, that was uncalled for. <laughs> Good, but uncalled for. Come that me with logic again. <laughs> I was paralyzed. But also speaking about like the things you see in other people, reflection of you, all that. So I matched with this older man on Tinder and I was like, I matched with him because I liked his smile and his glasses. And Timmy said, oh, so what people say about you, like, did you see yourself in him? Dang. And I was like, maybe I did. Well, we matched, right? We talked just for a minute and like, I haven't heard from him again. And I'm like, cool. He doesn't like me because we're the same. You know what I mean? Right. The male version of me hates me. Oh, but the person
1: that reminded you of me, you liked and you know, you and Colby are essentially the same person. True. Very true. Speaking of Colby, the other day, because I'm sure if you are anywhere on Instagram, TikTok, any of those things, even Facebook Reels, you've seen the Reels and the TikToks of people trying to skip. Yes that that is quality entertainment <laughs> watching these grown ass people try to skip. So of course Colby and I tried it. And like we legit were like like a nervous step first. Like we both did the exact same thing. Like, can I wait, how do I huh. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but meanwhile, I'm so damn old I had to go put shoes on because I didn't have like I just had socks on. I was like, ow, this hurts my feet. Hold on. Oh my god.
0: We got my Crocs
1: on. I skipped like two skips and peed my pants. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, and I peed <laughs> I'm old. I'm so thankful I have a husband that understands my bladder. (laughs) (laughs) Some people can laugh and cough and sneeze and skip and breathe
0: and not pee their pants. What's that like? Well, you're thankful for Colby, but we're also thankful for everyone in our Facebook community. This isn't a tune our own horn thing because we might have created the community, like started it. But it's become what it is because of all of y'all creepsters. And recently, we've had a lot of people comment, they've been going through struggles and stuff and the communities really help them and stuff like that. And it's really helped me too, because people I talk to, they're like, oh, I hate Facebook because of all the posts I see. And I'm like, well, I only see posts from the Facebook group. So I see things that are things that make me happy or make me laugh or, you know, whatever. So the Facebook group kind of blocks me from having to see all the posts that would probably get me down yeah but we just wanted to say thank y'all so much for being part of the facebook group and if you didn't know we do have a facebook group we're just all family there i mean obviously
1: there's times where stuff gets a little hairy well because we're family there (laughs) but that's why we have awesome moderators that help with that yes
0: well speaking of those amazing moderators two of them will be with us at the true crime paranormal podcast festival in austin this year When will we be there, Donna? August 25th through the 27th. Why do I ask
1: Donna? because I can't remember.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it's not just going to be us. It's going to be a lot of different podcasts. You get to meet all the podcasters and stuff, you know, but hang out with us. And then we're going to do a live show and paranormal bingo after that. And even if you
1: can't come to the podcast festival, which if you want to, you go to their website and you can sign up with a promo code APC to get 15% off. But even if you don't come there, still come to Austin because we're going to have a meetup at Star Bar and uh, do a little ghost hunting. We're
0: Pioneer farms. That. I almost said Piney Woods, so. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's getting so much closer, and I'm super excited. I'm super excited for Austin, but I'm so excited to be able to see the Creepsters who came last time, the new Creepsters. I'm just ready to, like, I know have the best time ever. Speaking
1: of Creepsters, we gotta tell you about the new people in the Creepinati, aka Patreon, Earth. Earth. yeah i sucked that up
0: <laughs> i've lost my texas you've lost your patreoners
1: mine'll come back when my voice fully comes back.
0: yeah <laughs> mine'll come back in austin it came back a little bit in dallas and, okay yeah okay. Mm-hmm. all right well we're about to test it out so thank you so much gertie w from ohio jennifer s from massachusetts faith t from virginia and amanda g from texas Okay, you're just getting a little prepared. Mm
1: -hmm. Hey, thank y'all so much for joining the Patreon. And if you want an episode shout out, just like they're getting, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. And there, that's where you can get all the extra content every month, including a welcome letter and stickers and, you know, an extra episode, basically a week, depending on which tier you're in. Y'all, the other night I had a dream, which sometimes people's dreams when they tell me annoy me, but I promise this is quick. So in my dream, somebody was walking a dog. And I don't know if I was like laying down, unsure. So I like leaned up to see what the dog, like what what kind of dog is that, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was somebody walking one of those invisible dogs on a leash. Oh my
0: God, I almost said, but were they walking the dog? Yeah, they were.
1: So in real life, I literally woke myself up flinging the covers off of me, sitting up and going, oh my God. (laughs)
0: You were uh, so annoyed. So annoyed. You
1: woke up. Yes. <laughs> I literally woke up going, Oh my God.
0: <laughs> my mom used to sell that in her shop.
1: But look, I was like, Well, well, I'm a puppy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. I would walk the dog all the time in the store. I don't know. Someone made a lot of money off of it.
1: Why was that even in my, like, why is that the only, (laughs) but I mean, I was literally so annoyed. I I woke up
0: and that is on point for you in that movie. I think it's midnight in the garden of good and evil or whatever. They have someone who walks a fake dog on the leash. Oh, it cracks me up every time.
1: Okay, before we get into Donna's story and the only story this episode, we have to talk about HelloFresh because they are back. And we've said it before, we'll say it again. We love HelloFresh, and we were both using HelloFresh before they even became sponsors of this podcast.
0: And if you know anything about me, you know I'm not a cook, but HelloFresh makes it so easy that someone like me can whip up a gourmet meal. And you won't
1: get bored because you can pick from 40 weekly
0: recipes. And there's over 100 different items that you can
1: choose from to add to your order, like snacks, lunches, desserts, even pantry necessities. And better yet, all that gets delivered to your house on whatever day you
0: choose. And they have something for everyone. They have meals that are fast and fresh that can be ready in just 15 minutes. They have one pot meals. They have vegetarian, which is what I do because I don't like uncooked meat. They got everything. I
1: prefer their quick and easy meals. Because, you know, it's me. Because you're quick and easy? Yeah, just ask Colby. But you don't have to go to the grocery store. You don't have to make a list. You don't even have to leave your house. And HelloFresh will deliver fresh, pre portioned ingredients so you have everything that you need. And that also helps cut down on food waste because if you're anything like me, when you do go
0: to the grocery store, you have to do a clean out of your refrigerator of all the food that's gone to waste. Same here. And HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% cheaper than takeout. Like Donna said, you don't have. Have to be a pro. You don't have to have all the fancy gadgets. is
1: foolproof recipes that have again the pre-portioned ingredients make it super easy
0: to fix in just a couple of steps. And they also have pictures along with it and that helps me because I'm a visual learner.
1: Same. Yeah I really like to see what a dish is supposed to look like when it's complete because yeah. that helps me Well, complete (laughs) it.
0: Yes. Well, because I'm always going to think I did something wrong, but then I get to check my work and it's like, oh, okay, hold on. I can't spot the difference. Yeah. Hated checking my work in math growing up, but love it with HelloFresh. And I mean, we keep saying HelloFresh because their ingredients really are
1: that Fresh. Their seasonal ingredients are picked at peak ripeness and travel from the farm to your home in less than seven days. So that's how you know that stuff is fresh. So right now, HelloFresh is giving away 16 free meals plus free shipping. So you're going to go to HelloFresh.com Creep16 and use promo code Creep16
0: and get 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com Creep16 and use code Creep16 to get 16 16 free meals plus free shipping. Free shipping is like sprinkles on top of a sundae.
1: HelloFresh didn't become America's number one meal kit for nothing. So head on over to HelloFresh.com slash Creep16 and use promo code Creep16 for
0: 16 free meals plus free shipping. All right, I am talking about a home called Prospect Place which sounds like it would be on Monopoly just because, you know, like the whole onomatopoeia of it. I don't know what that is. What is it? Alliteration? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Well, I went
1: straight to um, Toy Story 2, The Prospector. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's the
0: worst. He is. But this is also known as Trinway Mansion, but we'll learn that it was more than just a mansion. So, Prospect Place is located in Trinway, Ohio, hence the Trinway Mansion. It was built in 1856, had 29 rooms, over 9,500 square feet, really had a lot of modern fixtures, such as indoor plumbing, and they had both hot and cold running water. Okay, bougie. Right. They had a separate wing for servants and ranch hands and everything who lived and worked there. And now, the house was actually built... Twice due to the first one being burnt in a fire where arson was involved. The second home was built with more fire protection, like with bricks and mortar and all the things. And there was a barn that was built at the original site and then the new house a little bit over. It was built by George Willison Adams, and he was known as G.W. He was born in 1799 in Virginia, and he was born into a prominent family. His father was a plantation owner, his father grandfather was a plantation owner. But when GW's grandfather passed away, his father was like, nope, not doing this anymore. So he sold the plantation, freed the slaves who were working there, and they moved from Virginia to Ohio, which was a free state. So since childhood, GW had learned about social injustice and, you know, that something wasn't right about the way they were living, you know, all the things. So it makes sense that as he got older, it was still very important to him and his family. GW and his brother Edward actually became very wealthy from a mill they built in 1828. They ended up building a second mill, and then GW invested a lot into the town of Dresden. They're like on the outskirts of it. So they live in Trinway, but like Dresden is the city. So he helped with bridges, a canal, and kind of put some of his own money up. Like, oh, y'all didn't raise enough? Here's enough. Let's get this built. The thing is, the meals that they had, they were flour mills and they helped provide a safe harbor for slave refugees. So they could go to the southern states like New Orleans on a boat and be like, oh yeah, we're transporting flour for the meal, but really helping slaves flee from their captors. Now, when GW built the mansion, he made sure there is a cupola, I believe is how they say it. I wanted to say cupola because that's how it's spelled to me, but I'm going to say cupola. It was basically a like a lookout. It looked like a little patio on the top of the roof, okay? But they would have a light there that could be seen, and those seeking refuge knew that that was a safe house for them because this was a stop on the Underground Railroad. And if the cupola was dark, then that would signal that the area wasn't safe because there were bounty hunters afoot. And speaking of bounty hunters, they were a real threat because the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850 Basically made it okay for Dog the Bounty Hunter. I mean, not really him, but you know what I mean. His ancestors. Yes. They could legally hunt slaves in the freed states and then collect the reward money when they return them to their, you know, quote unquote owner. That's so fucked up that you can come to a state where they're free Mm -hmm. and take them. Right. So there's a story about a bounty hunter who was trying to barge in and demand the slaves be handed over to him. Like, hey... I know you have slaves in there, hand them over, give them to me. So GW answered his door with a gun in hand. And it was like, say that again. Say it to my face. You know, probably like did his gun was like, and Mm -hmm. say it to my little friend. And there was like a standoff with him and this bounty hunter. But then the ranch hands and workers, they came up to the porch. And so they outnumbered the bounty hunter. And he was like, hey, you know, (laughs) okay, What I wrote was, like, Home Alone, get your no-good keister off my property. Right. Oh, I love your little notes to yourself. (laughs) And so the bounty hunter left. But there's another version that the bounty hunter retreated, but he didn't get far because the workers got him. And they took him back to the barn, had, like, a mock trial to be like, you're guilty of this. And they hung him from a rafter in the barn. Now, that's hearsay. Not sure what actually took place, but that's what, like, the oral history of this location. So, GW died in 1879. He was 79 years old, and the house went to his eldest daughter, Anna. Now, Anna lived there with her hubby, William Cox, and their children. Okay, so they seemed happy living there, and William invested a lot of time and money into Prospect Place, and a lot of the money was used to throw lavish parties in the Grand Ballroom, which is on the top floor. So there was some talk that they were kind of burning through their inheritance and living La Vida Loca. You know, people just were like, they are throwing these parties, spending all this money. Who do they think they are? But it was all just talk. Until a couple of years later, William Cox disappeared. He told his family, hey, I got to go to a business meeting and then never returned. So of course they reported him missing and people started searching, but nothing was ever discovered until Anna hired a private detective and was like, you got to find out what happened to my husband. You know, she needed closure and I'm like, same girl, closure is my middle name. So the detective traced William Steps and found that he had hired a man named Henry Park to go to Zanesville, which is where his supposed business meeting was, because he had matters to attend to in Columbus, Ohio. So the detective kept searching and found a hotel in Columbus that said William Cox had checked in and he was with a man who didn't want to be down as a registered guest. So there was this like huge disagreement about it, which is why the clerk was able to recall it. How have you gone this whole story
1: without making a joke about a missing cock?
0: I know. Oh my God, I know. You're really growing. <laughs> <laughs> not this cock, but
1: you as a, as a person, because this cock is missing.
0: Well, that's really all that came of that. Like, okay, he went here, he was seen with this person, But done. Until a few months later, Anna received a letter that was from a woman named Jenny Adams. She had been local, but moved to San Francisco. And she wrote Anna being like, I swear I saw William on the street. She didn't know he was missing or anything like this. Because she had moved off before that happened. So she was happy to see someone she knew in her city. And so she called out to him. And the man kind of looked, but like didn't look. And she kept running up and being like, William, William, like, I just want to say, hey, what's going on back in the town, you know? And Jenny, the girl who wrote this letter, was like, basically, Anna, girl, why your hubby so fucking mean? Because he, like, looked at me so rudely and didn't talk to me and ran away from me. So Anna was like, hmm, that's interesting. And then something else that was interesting is that Jenny wrote that there is a man with William and she didn't recognize him, but gave Anna the description, and guess what? It matched the description of the man who was seen at the hotel with William in Columbus. I'm wondering, does he and this man have a... going on? Well, that's one of the theories, because the mystery still remains as to what happened to William Cox. Some do say that he was gay and that the man was his lover and they fled to be together. Some say he spent all the money and the well was dry. He left Anna and had a new thing going. Who knows? But Anna stayed in that house for a while. So I feel like all the money wasn't gone yet then, you know, but like a big portion was. But the family ended up selling the house and it changed hands a few times. It wasn't really kept up and honestly got into some bad shape and was going to be demolished, but a local businessman, he stepped in, saved it, and he started making repairs, but unfortunately, before it was fully renovated, the man died. So the new owner is George Adams, who happens to be the great-great-grandson of GW, the man who built the house. So he continued restoring the house and he later established it as the G.W. Adams Education Center where people can go and learn about their part of being in the Underground Railroad. So that's a condensed version of the history. We're going to get on with the haunting. People believe that the Adams family, you know, with only one D, not two, (laughs) but they believe their spirits remain and also the spirit of the bounty hunter who was hanged. One of the Adams family is Anna. Remember, she lived there with William, you know, aka Houdini Jr. And she died in the house after she fell and broke her hip. She suffered in pain for a few weeks until she ended up getting pneumonia and died. And they say that her spirit has been seen wandering the halls, still looking for William. And this is why I need closure. I don't want to be a ghost looking for my closure.
1: But also, as a living, breathing soul, what the fuck happened to him? Yes. She
0: spent her whole adult life looking for cock. (laughs) Another spirit that's been spotted has been a young girl, and no one really knows who she is or was, but she had been in the house when she was sick. Well, she was running a high fever and ended up walking out on the upstairs portico, where she slipped on ice and fell over the balcony and fell to her death. Well, because it was so cold, they couldn't bury the girl yet. So they had to keep her body in the basement until the ground could be penetrated. I mean, you know what? You're <laughs> just coming
1: at me with all these words. Too.
0: <laughs> but people see her upstairs in the ballroom a lot and on the second floor. And you know what she's wearing. A white dress. Always. Always. Always a flowy white dress. (laughs) Yes. Others say they hear childlike laughter in the ballroom, and they attribute that to her as well. Other spirits are thought to be some of the slaves who died on the property, because many arrived at Prospect Place in really rough shape. You know, having bullet wounds, been severely beaten, all the things. And unfortunately, even though they reached a safe location, they succumbed to their wounds. And there were two rooms in the basement that they would use to have refuge for the slaves. And in that basement, there's been an apparition of a slave woman with a head injury. There's been lots of shadows seen in the basement, too. And on TripAdvisor, there's a review left from a man named Mark, and he said after seeing the place on Ghost Adventures, which we'll get to later, him and his team wanted to go investigate. And so they did, and they saw a lot of shadow activity in the basement. And there was a female investigator whose shirt got pulled on from behind, and she felt like she was being touched. But not in an aggressive way. (laughs) Like to me, it felt like maybe it was crowded or something and like someone bumped into her, you know, just that residual energy. So, you know, I got to talk about some investigators who have went to the property, you know, the famous ones. And first up, Ghost Brothers, because we love them. So they met up with a lady named Kim. Kim and her daughter were in the barn and they were taking some photos and EVPs. Well, after their session, Kim was sitting on a bench in the barn and she felt a burning sensation on her lower back and then on her upper back, like where my little hump is. (laughs) (laughs) When her daughter looked, it kind of looked like a red handprint and there were some scratches under it. So they were like, okay, getting out of the barn now. And later when they were listening to the EVPs, they heard one that said, I will cut you. And it's like, oh shit. I want to know when that happened and when I got Scratched and stuff. Right. But also, why is that ghost still in my comeback? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, they shared the EVP with the Ghost Bros, and Kim went on to say there's a lot of talk about the body of the bounty hunter who was hanged being buried in that barn because obviously they had to hide the body. Body of the bounty hunter buried in the barn. So the ghost bros got a cadaver dog, his name was Lachlan, to come out and check the barn. Well, the dog went straight to the barn, got to searching, and ended up alerting to a certain part of the barn. And it was kind of like in the back, like he went over some stuff through the woods, you know, like and got to the spot. And so the handlers were like, someone could be buried here, because the alert is a bark, you know, and he like, Was like, right here, bark. Right here, bark. Like, hello, I am marking the spot. Well, then Lachlan started growling a little bit and then backed away from the area he had alerted to like he feared something and that's not normal. Also, they were loving all over Lachlan and I'm just like, I love them. Like when you think they couldn't be any more sweet, they love dogs too, okay. But I will say something they didn't like and that was birds. So Jawan got so scared of the pigeons, like they were doing a walkthrough of the mansion and there were some pigeons cooing. And I mean, the lady is telling them about like some activity and then, you know, they hear like a fucking cooing sound. (sighs) Yes. Oh my God. That was really good. It really wasn't. Like not even a
1: little was it good. Like I make any sound and Donna's like, that was so good. And I'm like, it wasn't like not even like. That was terrible, in fact. (laughs) I can't do it. That's the first pigeon sound I've ever tried to make. It was good. Got him my ultimate hype, girl. It
0: was. Well, Jawan's like on edge, like looking around. She's like, oh, that's just pigeons. Like, it's cool. They're in the awning right here. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, later that night during their investigation, it started up again. And they were like, oh, shit. Oh, shit oh wait, it's the pigeons. (laughs) I'm
1: gonna be honest. I would be pretty freaked out by the pigeons
0: too. Same. Well, another thing that happened in the initial walkthrough, Dalen got sick in one of the upstairs bedrooms. He said that the energy was making him sick at his stomach and he ended up throwing up. Oh my God. And it was the bedroom that a lot of people feel heaviness on their chest and stuff. But like, he didn't know that at that point, but he was like, God, this energy is like just draining me. Are y'all feeling weird? And they're like, I mean, I feel a little bit of something. He's like, no, no, no. I am sick in my stomach. And then they entered that room and he was like, I got to go. Wait, new fear unlocked. If I was them and that thing made me sick to my
1: stomach, girl, you know, I got to pee when I puke.
0: Girl, I got to shit when I puke.
1: Wait, where did they go? What do they? Wait, what did? How do they pee on these investigations?
0: <laughs> Guess we're going to find out at the Pioneer Farm.
1: But like, wait, though, for
0: real. What? <laughs> What do I do when I got to pee? Poise pads. I already <laughs> use those. Adult diapers brought to you by a paranormal chicks. <laughs> Man, I am fucked on this thing. When the ghosts get you, we'll catch your drip. Oh my God. Well, the ghost bros, they investigated the barn and they were confronting the spirit of the bounty hunter. And when they were doing this, Dalen felt like he was pushed a little bit. He was like, I full on got pushed. Like this guy didn't like us being like, why are you picking on women? Why are you doing this? And he was like, also, probably because we're black. Yeah. Also, you didn't answer my panic question. Because I don't know. I mean, they had breaks. It's not like they're just in the middle of the woods.
1: I mean, like, I'm sure they have, like, a trailer outside that they go to. But, like, if you're in the middle of this giant house and you're like, oh, my God, got to puke, like, where do
0: you go? I don't know. I mean, I would just puke. Boy, But also shit myself because I strain so hard. Yes. If one of us pukes, we're all puking because Colby's going to puke if one of us pukes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, enough with the puke because I'm going to actually start gagging. The ghost bros got a lot of responses with the REM pod to their questions and stuff in the barn. Well, the next hotspot was the basement. Because another claim people have is that they see two red glowing eyes down there. So Dalen brought the thermal camera and he was like looking around and he captured two red dots on his camera. And Marcus is like, no, it's just the reflection of your red light on your camera that you're seeing. And Dalen like scanned the room and then went back down and the red lights never showed back up. Like they could not duplicate it. So they couldn't debunk that it was from the red light at all. Even though it didn't really look like eyes, it was was kind of wide set apart. But if you see two red gloves, things, you're going to be like, oh my God, those are eyes, right. you know? So now we got to talk about Ghost Adventures, aka Dybbuk Douche. They actually visited long before the ghost bros, but you know, the bros come first for us, so there's that. But they had a lot of interactions during their investigation. They talked to a guy named Aaron Chandler, and he said he was outside of the mansion walking and there was a stump that caught his eye, but it wasn't just the stump. There was some sort of light beside the stump. And he said it was like an orb of light, but what it really reminded him of was an old-timey lantern. Zach also interviewed one of the tour guides. His name is Randy. And Randy said that he encountered a man who claimed to be a demonologist who was shouting things like, I cast you out. And so Randy was like, whoa, dude, what's going on? And the guy was like, it won't let me leave. So he was like basically exercising the place before he could leave. Randy also told the guys that one time in the basement, there is a woman on a tour and she was sitting in one of the chairs. She said that she didn't have a flashlight on. She was just sitting in the darkness, but she saw something darker than that darkness start to form. So Black Mass moving towards her a shadow of a person and then she heard her name being whispered like right by her ear and she's like okay this is scary as fuck but like i'm i'm remaining calm and then they said her name again and then said join us Mm -mm. and she freaked out which hello i would too and she was screaming lights on lights on and just started running so of course zach was like okay Aaron, you got to try to recreate this woman's experience because you know how he always does Well, they interviewed another person who had another experience in the basement. His name was George, and he said that he was sitting on the bottom of the steps with his wife, and all of a sudden, he saw a shadow form in front of him, and it was child height. He thought his eyes were playing tricks on him, so he rubbed them, blinked a couple of times. Then he grabbed his wife's hands, and she was like, what? Because she hadn't seen anything? And at the same time she said that, he heard someone whisper into his other ear, and he was like, nope out, done, let's go. Like, I know you didn't experience what I just experienced, but we're fucking leaving. Then a woman named Kim, not the same one from the Ghost Bros, told the guys she had done work with dousing rods in the basement. They talked to a man named Charles, who was a victim of a train crash that happened close to the property. Now, some of the victims were taken to that property to be treated from that train crash, but there's no record of anyone dying from that train crash you know, that took place on the property. She said it felt like the spirit came and put his hands over hers, how she had them on the rods, and then yanked the rods. So, of course, Zach was like, do you have them right now? And she did. And so, he was like, let me try them. He asked if the presence was a slave. And he said he felt like one of the rods shook, like someone grabbed it. Then he was asking if they wanted them to leave. And the rods moved back and forth, like nodding, yes leave. I mean, let's
1: be honest. Most people feel that way when Dipic Douche's
0: is there. <laughs> True. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. I wouldn't kick him out of my bed though because he is a performer. So, you know, he would be extra dramatic and all the things like let's, let's go. It would either
1: be like amazing because he wants you to think that he's amazing or it would be like all talk, no action. Yes hmm Like, there's no in-between with him. Right. <laughs> like, it's either yeah. going to be the best thing you've ever had because he wants everyone to know he's the best, or you're going to be bored out of your mind. True.
0: <laughs> they captured things on the EVP that could all be girls telling Zach to come here, some more, and get out. So they went through the whole range of emotions. They also heard a little girl's voice along with some laughter when they were up in the ballroom. And when they heard that little girl's voice, there was some kind of light anomaly, you know, like a little orb that moved from the ceiling down to Zach to the door. And they said that the ball of light was the height of a young child at the same time that they heard the laughter and stuff. Then another ball of light moved toward Nick and disappeared into his hand. He claimed that he felt very drained of his energy. Now, when Zach went to the barn, he said that he started getting an uneasy feeling and, you know, his dramatics kicked in. But this was earlier on into Ghost Adventures, so he wasn't a total drama king right then. Now, I will say something that I only heard on Ghost Adventures, but they said in the 1960s, Satanists worshipped at the abandoned house. You know, the mansion when it was abandoned. They would hold rituals in the upstairs formal ballroom. But I didn't really see that anywhere else, so I don't know. But a lot of the activity seemed to be residual energy. You know, phantom footsteps, whispering, knocking. And another review on TripAdvisor by Sarah said that she heard residual haunting stuff like the barn door being slammed and stuff, and they tried to debunk it, and they couldn't. And they were also able to capture an EVP of a disembodied voice while in the barn. But there really doesn't seem to be a real threat to anyone visiting Prospect Place. Unless you go into the barn and end up being touched like Kim was, because that was aggressive. But also, it's in a barn, and you never know. Like, because I get bug bites and weird shit all the time. But that was really the only really bad thing that happened there. Like, Dalen got sick in that room, but that was just energy, and it didn't affect everyone else. So I say, if you're close to Prospect Place, please go and learn more about the history of the Underground Railroad. I mean, I just think that's so cool that he was born on a plantation, like his dad being the owner, and then, you know, going through everything being like, no, this is wrong and living his life and giving back. And, you know, I never really saw anything about him being on the grounds or anything, like any apparitions they believe is him or anything like that. And so I feel like he did what he was intended to do. Because Anna needed that fucking closure. Anna was the daughter that was married to that guy Houdini, basically. Okay, thank you. There was a lot of names and I was like, oh God. There, There is a lot of names. And a lot of them are George, really. But that is what I have on Prospect Place. I hope y'all enjoyed it. And for y'all who live close to Ohio or in Ohio, let me know if you've been there. What have you felt? Have you felt anything malicious? Because I really think it's just residual energy there because a lot of shit happened. And I mean, this was a stop on the Underground Railroad. That's a lot of emotional energy in that whole thing, like everyone involved, because all of them could have been killed.
1: Can you imagine being part of that?
0: No. I mean, I would hope I could be. That's what I'm saying. And I say. hope I would be. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like, I hope
1: I would have been courageous enough to do it, but I don't know. Right. I'm gonna go
0: with residual energy. Yeah, you agree with me? Y'all know she's sick when she agrees with me.
1: (laughs) Well, thank y'all so much for listening to this episode. Sorry it was a little bit shorter. I will be back up to par next week and we'll have even better voice because it's better now than it was this morning.
0: Oh my gosh, so much better. And two days ago, like squeaky squeakers and yeah there was no sound
1: again thank y'all so much for being patient with us with this shorter episode and we'll be back to regular programming next week and remember creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared